Hey, gang, this is Tim, Arkham's Kids, and wow, I have finally struck gold. Ah, if you haven't read the title, this is all about Harvey Walters. Yes, I didn't get the other three yet, which are much, much more popular than Harvey. You know what, though? I'm not going to look at a gift horse in the mouth. So I am going to, I actually am sitting here at my kid's karate practice, sitting in the car because, you know, COVID, I can't be in there. So what better way is to go down to my favorite gaming shop and take a look real quick while he's doing his kung fu action. And I got myself heartache. Uh, he didn't have anything else left after that. Though. But you know what, though? That's two down, three to go. So I am very, very happy. You hear me crinkling open the pack here. Now, I'm sitting here in the car, you know, recording this thing. So I don't have any of my cards here available, and I'm doing this on a phone. So without further ado, I got Harvey Walters, the Investigator Starter Deck. Um, it does come with a one sheet with a uh, deck suggestion. And honestly, I've been keeping this. I've been buying the... Uh, um, I put everything in binders, and I've been actually buying the uh, actual paper sleeves that you would put in binders, and you get like about 20 of these for like a buck or two, you know, at your, uh, you know, office supply shop or wherever, and uh, I actually do like in keeping these just for reference and stuff like that, so uh, I don't think it's really needed other than you have a deck, you know, projection on, you know, what they suggest you to build and how to use the expansion, a little story, uh, and there's Upgrading variants, you know, and have a couple different variants that you can try to do, and some blurb on uh, frequently asked questions, which is weird because they give you a whole bunch of cards and you already got an FAQ for a card. Yeah, weird. Okay, but old man Harvey, here we go. So he is a professor. He's part of the Seekers. He's got seven health, eight sanity. He's got four willpower, five intelligence, one strength, and he's not going to do any fighting if he has to, uh, and to evade. And he's not going to run too good or either. <laughs> he's part of the Miskatonic subclass, uh, if that will mean anything. Maybe. Down a pipe. And he has a react ability. After an investigator, your location draws one or more cards from their deck during their investigation phase. That investigator draws one card. And it wants around. So... Like a poor man's opera, and you get a card, and you get a card. No, you only get to do it once. You get a card. So, yeah. And his other side effect is you get plus one, and you get to draw a card. He's all about drawing stuff. His deck build is 30 cards. Um, he is just like the other one I did for Winifred. He is all about um, just uh, with straight class builds. The only thing you're going to splash is neutral cards. He doesn't splash with any other type of class. That That's all you get. So, uh, deck ruling requirements. Uh, starts with the Vault of Knowledge. The Rice Damp Curiosity and one random basic weakness. So let's look at that Vault of Knowledge right now. The Vault of Knowledge. It's a three-cost asset. This is exclusive to Harvey Walters deck only. You can throw this card out for a Wild Pip, an Agility, and a Willpower. And the maximum hand size has increased by two. So I'm hoping here, because I've only read a little burbs on, on FFG, that it's like, wow, you're making me draw a lot of cards. I really get the hope I get to keep these cards in my hand, because your max is eight. So, all right, so this will go to ten. So, and as a react, uh, after you successfully investigate, exhaust the vault of knowledge, and choose an investigator at your location, and that investigator draws a card. And this is talent traded. So, okay, so got an idea here, so see how it goes. All right, Thrice Damn Curiosity. This is his weakness that he has to have. It's a flaw. It's a weakness. This is a, he looks all smug here, just holding a little bobble through a kerosene lamp. Look at him, clenching his fist. Uh, okay, so, Revelation. For every three cards in your hand, oh, man, take a damage. Woo! Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, if that's at eight, I mean, that's two points of damage. It, it probably will get a little silly after that. You probably will definitely want to draw this early on and then not worry about it versus later. So, yeah, uh, I, late game, I, I can see this card 
just absolutely wrecked poor Harvey. Uh, okay, so there is another weak, uh, weakness that is not part of Harvey Walter's deck, but it goes to the uh, basic weakness pool, just like the other one. I forget what the other one was for one of that I reviewed. But same idea, uh, there is just an additional weakness that comes with it. And it's obsessive. Uh, it's a flaw, trait, and revelation. Put obsessive into play in your threat area. Force. When your turn begins, discard one non-weakness card at random from your hand. Uh, well, honestly, this would be kind of suited for Harvey, too, if you drew it, because that would make sense, because he's got all massive... Well, that, you know, this would actually play into his bit here, so... Uh, that would go hand-in-hand, hand, but usually when I'm building deck stuff like that, it is a random basic weakness. So... Um, yeah, but to get rid of it, it's just like the other ones. You got to spend two of your actions to discard obsessive. Uh, okay, we're 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 done with the goodies. So let us look at the first card right off the top of the deck. It is Arcane Enlightenment. It is a two-cost asset. You can pitch this for two willpower. It does take a spell slot. And uh, maximum hand size is increased by one. If you have one additional hand slot, uh, you have one additional hand slot, which you can only use to hold a tome asset. So I'm already thinking, like, Daisy could kind of use this because she's all about the tomes. You know, I really haven't anybody see successfully build a, a, a tome deck effectively with Daisy. I look, I look at Arkham DB, and I really wanted to do it. And even Mythos Busters have one that's like, hey, try this out. I tried it and fell flat on my face. That was an earlier podcast you could, or, that I've recorded. You can listen to that one. So it didn't really work well, but uh, you get two of them. So I like it, and it's definitely going to fit with Harvey because he needs it. So, oh, again, no, no excuse for that. All right, next up, I got Cryptic Writings. It's an inside card. It's a zero-cost event. You can pitch this for uh, two intelligence. Um, gain two resources, and there's React. After you draw Cryptic Writings during your turn, play it. So, I'm wondering, does this cost an action to do it, if you drew it? Does it go out? Because it doesn't necessarily say fast. Uh, or does... This just forces you to get rid uh, just to play it right now on the first turn. So that's where I'm struggling with this one. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, well, I have to look at the timings here. Uh, hold on one second. Okay, that's cool. All right, so I had to bust out my handy dandy uh, learn to play book here just to get the symbols down. So, the reaction trigger. And that's what it is. After you draw cryptic writings during your turn, play it. So it doesn't cost you action. You draw it, you play it. Sweet. Uh, yeah, uh, this would be an auto improvement and not throwing out the uh, um, emergency. Well, you're definitely going to throw out the emergency keys if you're running this. Because honestly, I don't think one resource is going to make it or break it. But if you are playing, you know, Seekers... Uh, I would not. This, I'm, this to me just feels like that. But just you can forget about the quiche. Quiche is not going to happen anymore for for a seeker. If you need to include resource cards here, because I would just throw this in. But wait, there's more. There is an upgraded cryptic writings. This is also a zero cost event, and uh, throwing it out for skills is this time it's an intelligence and a wild pip. So that's the trade off there. Uh, to put one of these bad boys in your deck, it costs you two XPs. Um, everything's the same. You still get to play it if you drew it, so it doesn't need an action. So this is gain three resources. Four instead, if you have ten or more cards in hand. Um, so you just upgrade it into an emergency quiche with, uh, uh, the ability not to spend an action to do it. And bonus points for ten or more. Uh, this is just me shooting off the hip here. I like the first one, because if, you, if you're worried about resources and stuff like that, that's great. But usually with Seekers and stuff like that, you're really not deprived too much on source, resource, or, you know, just getting resources. It's just, 
I just don't have it happening often. Unless you're splashing with another faction. Um, and I'm thinking like Rex or something like that. Maybe for that. I mean, but for Harvey here with the resources and I'm like looking at... Yeah, I don't know if this is an auto-include, but I mean, if you're looking for a viable option for emergency key, so definitely use it for the un... The, uh... The, uh... Zero-cost one for the, for the XPs. For the two, uh... I think I would probably be able to find two XPs better spent. And I just don't see it. I mean, I'm glad it's there. I mean, you have the option to do it. But usually I think you're going to be... You're not going to be upgrading resource cards. Um, you know, money cards. It's just not happening. I mean, I, I'm just not seeing it. So, uh, I like the artwork, though. It's got a crazy smoggy green light tentacle coming out. But... That's my thought. First one, yes, you need it for an all-include. But if you're going to upgrade this thing, I am not on the fence for it. So uh, I would probably look elsewhere for, you know, tweaking out your deck. But Cryptic Writings. Oh, and after that, after all of this here, uh, I'm at home. So I've actually got rid of some of the cards here that were duplicates, and which really wasn't many. I mean... I had to double check a couple times because we're getting not like upgraded cards. We're getting downgraded cards from the upgraded cards. And the reason point I'm pointing that out is this one, Higher Education. Higher Education uh, used to be a permanent card, but for this one, you can include it. It's a zero XP, uh, zero cost asset. It's a talent. You can pitch this for plus one willpower and plus one intelligent. And while you have five or more cards in hand, Higher Education gains... <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, free trigger uh, to spend a resource and either get plus one will or spend a resource again and get plus one uh, intelligence. So, what is the difference between higher education? Well, the big trade-off is, one, you, this has to go in your deck. It's not permanent. Two is you're getting just a one and one. Yeah, and... That's really about it. I mean, they just one forces you to put it back into your, uh, put it in your deck, so you have to draw it. And instead of twos for the higher education, it would be just a one. So now, if you're playing taboo and stuff like that, and I, I guess this would be a, an option for you, but I could have sworn you had another card in here that does something similar to this. Oh, it's hyper awareness. Hyper awareness is a two cost asset that gives you. Plus one intelligence and plus one for agility. Huh. I don't think there's anything else. I'm like looking here. And I'm just looking at the zero uh, XP cards. No, that's the only one. So if you're kind of weak on the willpower, which I don't think Harvey is. Harvey's not hurting on the willpower. It's 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 anything physical related. Because <laughs> he's an old man. Alright. That was higher education. Next one is Burning the Midnight Oil. Man, there's a lot of Joe Diamond cards coming out here. All right, Insight. It's a zero-cost event. You can throw this for plus one intelligence and plus one of eight. Uh, investigate. Now, when this action begins, gain two resources. Now, see, now, cryptic writings is one thing. I mean, this one here makes it a little situational where you have to investigate. But you know what, though? I don't think this is bad because... You're a clover anyways. I mean, you're grabbing clues. I mean, that's all you're going to do. And you get more resources. Now, I'm going to say between Cryptic Writings and this one... Uh, well, if you're not investigating, and that's not your world front, this is definitely not a splash card. But if you're a clover, I would probably lean a little more towards this one. Because you're investigating anyways. But what was the cryptic writings? I just misplaced it. Where did it go? Where did it go? Where is that green tentacle? Oh, I put it underneath the higher educational. So, you're getting, uh, the trade-off is you're getting, well, investigate two resources. And it begins, so that's automatic. Kind of like the cryptic writings, you gain two resources. If you want to pitch it for a skill test, you get the agility pit. But it's just, well, eh. they're both insight. <laughs> so, okay, cryptic writings. If you're, if that's not your main, 
if you, you can splash in, you know, Kluver cards. Uh, Midnight Oil, I would only put in, only if you're, that's your job. That That's it. You're just getting clues, and everyone else is doing everything else. Um, yeah. Um, kind of like Cryptic Writing's just a tinge better, and it's not by much, because you're still getting two resources. This one just, like, investigate. It just locks you into it. So... All right, burning a midnight oil. It's a toss-up, really. It, it depends on what your build's going to be. Next one, extensive research. 12-cost event, no XPs. Holy guacamole. Um, it's an insight. You can pitch this for two intelligence on a skill check. Reduce the cost to play extensive research by one for each other, other card in your hand. And then... Discover two clues at your your location. So if you get Harvey like really really humming, this can be very very cheap. But you know what? So now I gotta look into the event binder. Uh, let's see the events. Are there better cards than this one? Because one's the cost, and you gotta have a lot of cards in hand. Uh, see, this almost feels like it's a. Let's see, connect the dots. It's got, like, discover two clues of your location with a lower printed shroud value than your location. Uh, crazy there. No, 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 no. It feels like this is, like, a survivor card. Like, um, it almost feels like a survivor card. But the problem is, man, this is, like, a 12-cost event. And I would imagine, for Harvey, this would be very easy to do because you're going to have a glut of cards in your hand. Um... And by the way, I haven't even done a head count on how many cards you actually would have in play. So, two, one, and one. So, I'm up four, so you can get the 12. Because, well, right now, as it looks, I mean, I would imagine it would be pretty easy to do just to have a whole lot of cards in your hand. But it's automatic. You just discover two clues. I mean, sometimes I think of the, the millionaire Preston on this one, but... Cash Rain Supreme, but uh, that's still pricey. It's very, very pricey. I probably wouldn't play this outside of Harvey. I'm willing to, yeah, I would not. Uh, okay, Occult Invocation. It's a spell. Uh, it's a two-cost event. You can pitch it for plus one fighting and plus one intelligence. Now, this not, doesn't take a spell slot. It just states that it's a spell. So it's a one-time shot. As an additional cost to play, it called an invocation. Discard two cards from your hand. Oh, okay. Fight. This attack uses uh, intelligence instead of strength. You get plus one intelligence, a plus one damage for e for this attack. For each card discarded as part of this cost. So you get plus one in this attack for each card discarded. As well, what? Why don't they just... Why do they even write it like that? So, this is really just gives you... Oh, okay. Now I get it. It's discard up to two cards you wish. It's not forcing you to. You don't have to. But you would like to, so you get hit at plus... You do three points of damage. And the plus three book, too, I guess. But I think you're really looking at the damage. The damage, that would, that would be the keeper right there. Because it's usually... Again... Playing straight up Kluvers, and in this case, Harvey, you're probably not really going to need the buff for that. This is just strictly a damage card that you can use your intelligence to, to smack him a baddie. Okay, I get it. I see it. I see it now. I see it. Uh, let's see, what do I got here? I sorted out some of the stuff. Let's hit the encyclopedia. There is an encyclopedia. You have to pay for that encyclopedia, Protanica collection. Um, it's a 2XP cost one for two. That's one we already had, and that was from the actual, from the core set. Um, so this one is a downgraded version of it. So let's talk about the upgraded one. So it's a 2XP, and you can pitch for one wild pip. Um, same thing here for the stat line for the downgraded one. It's all the same. Um, for the encyclopedia, it's just an action. You get to exhaust it, and you get plus two to a skill choice until the end of the phase. This one here has five uses, and it's five secrets on it. So, 
and choose an investigator at your location. Yep, same thing here. All right, so it's just restricted to five shots versus paying from the encyclopedia for two, where you just can keep on doing it once a turn. You know what, though? I'm actually fine with this downgrade. Actually, I think this downgraded one is actually better than the upgraded one. And here's why. Everyone's going to spend those two XPs to get that encyclopedia if they need to bump one of their stat lines up until the end of the phase. That's fine on one and dandy. I don't recall ever doing it more than five times. If it is, it's got to be like a really big sprawling scenario where it just eats up a lot of time. Um, maybe I would take this one now for the upgraded one if you have like three or four players and there's just a lot of stuff to get at and after. But I think this card's going to shine, especially in solo, because... Um, you can use those XPs elsewhere, and if you like Encyclopedia, and I don't mind Encyclopedia at all. Um, but I, I, Five Secrets is fine to me. I mean, honestly, I don't recall using it more than that in in certain scenarios. If it is, and if I use Five, it you definitely get the value out of it for a zero XP card. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I do like the Encyclopedia. I mean, it's a nice little handle that, that you can include it at a starting build deck, you know, and starting a campaign. So that's a I like that one. That's a really good card. It's really good. All right. So that was an upgraded one or a downgraded one. I know there's another downgraded one. Where is it? Where is it? I did something with it. Oh yeah. Now I'm gonna butcher this one. It's the disc of it's a mana. I'm gonna say that it's a mana. It's an accessory. This is the downgraded one for a protective amulet. It is a three cost asset with no XPs. And I will reference it with the upgraded one. So the upgraded one, this two came out of the core set. It is a two XP cost for three. Uh, there's a lot more symbols for pitching for skills. So for the upgraded one, you can pitch it for willpower, intelligence, and strength. Whereas the downgraded one, you can just pitch it for willpower. Uh, so the upgraded one is relic. It is item. And when a non Elite enemy spawns at your location, discard the discs, and then discard that enemy. Cool. It's just uh, get rid of a chode that's in your way. No problems with that. That's the upgraded one. The downgraded one is when a non-elite enemy spawns at your location, discard it, and automatically evade that enemy, or deal a two damage. Okay. It's not a bad downgrade either. I mean, uh, non-elites kind of can hit that two-pointer, sometimes threes. If you're like, run, definitely if you're playing Forgotten Age, there are a lot of three-hit pointers there. But you can still get rid of, you know, you know, cultists or something that's just in your way uh, for two damage. Or you can just flat-out evade it, where the other one is just, you just get to discard the enemy. So, um, I like it. It's not bad. Oh, and uh, both cards still take up the accessory slot. But, yeah, I, I, I don't see any problems with it. I mean, it'll just struggle a little bit. You know, honestly, you're going to want to look at it for the damage anyways and really avoiding it. Unless you're, you are you really need to, if you're looking at an endgame result. But I, I'm willing to bet you're, you're going to use this for the damage anyways. Because it's still, it's still restricted on Elite. And the Elite ones are always the bigger baddies. So, yeah, I like it. That's a really good one, too. Not, that's a good downgrade. Alrighty. Let's... Talk about Feed the Mind. Now, I'm going to double-check this and see if this is not an upgraded card. And I don't think it is. I think this is brand spanking new. Yeah, it's not here. All right, Feed the Mind. Zero XP. It's a three-cost asset. You can pitch it for plus one intelligence. It is a spell. It does take the spell slot. And you put three secrets on it. You can exhaust Feed the Mind and spend a secret. And you get the test... Okay, you get the test intelligence one. Shouldn't be too hard for a cluver. For each point you succeed by, to a maximum of three, draw a card. Ah, oh, this is just all about getting your hand size up and up quickly. So, uh, if you need to draw cards in a hurry, this is your answer. But I feel like this card needs to be going play. You got to have a bigger hand size than eight because I don't know how many times you're going to use it because you're going to. You're going to draw three cards. Nine times out of ten, you're going to draw three cards for this one every single time. So make sure you have a big, beefy hand side for Feed the Mind. Uh, Library Docent is an ally. It's a one-cost asset. You need one XP to put her in. 
She has ally Miskatonic traded. You can pitch her for plus one intelligence and plus one agility on a skill check. Does take the ally slot, of course. Uh, one health, two insanity. And after, I'm going to say it's a C, she, because that's what it looks like in the art. After she enters into play, return a tome asset you control to its owner's hand. Play a different tome asset from your hand, reducing its cost by two. So it's just returning books <laughs> and getting new ones out. <laughs> that's what it does. Uh, yeah, this definitely could be a daisy card if I can actually ever find a tome deck that I would actually like and run. <laughs> Uh, we might get there at some point, but I'm still not feeling the tomes. I'm really not. I mean, I, I get what it's doing. I'm still not feeling those tomes. But it's an ally. Speaking of allies, we've got another one here. Wit and Green. So we have a basic version of her and an upgraded one. Let's go through the basic. So Wit and Green is an ally. She's Miskatonic traded. She does take an ally slap. It's a four-cost ally. You can pitch her for plus one intelligence. And while you control a tome or a relic asset, you get plus one to uh, intelligence. So I like it that it's relic based. So you know who would like this one? It would be, oh, what's her name? Miss Relic. What's her name? Off the top of my head. Oh, Ursula. Ursula Downs. What's her? Well, Ursula, she's got a plus one book anyway. So make it her five. It's not bad at all. All right. So as long as you have a relic, and she would have a relic all the time anyways. So there's a reactability. After reveal a location or put a new location on play, exhaust her and search the top six cards for your deck for a Toma Relic, ass and drop. This is an Ursula card for sure. Wow. Costy. Oh, and she's also got two hit points, two sanity. Very, very costy. I mean, four. But then again, you know, for... You know, again, if you're playing solid class Kluver, I mean... Money, I don't think, is normally an issue. So, all right. So that's the the zero one. Here's the upgraded one. Um, this is two XP's. Uh, same cost to put it out. Uh, you do get an, uh, you do get plus one willpower. Uh, she does get bumped up in another sanity, so she's running now at a two three for her health and sanity line. And while you control the Tomer asset, this time you get plus one willpower and. Plus one intelligence. And I'm, I'm flipping back to my book. I'm looking at Ursula. So she'd be running at a 4-5 if she has a relic. So uh, the normal one allows you to dig for the top six cards for a tome and relic asset. And draw it and then shuffle your deck. This one here is nine. Still got to do the thing, same thing. After reveal a location or put a new location on play, exhaust her, search for nine instead of six. Uh, I would definitely run the first one for sure. And this could be an avenue where you might want to upgrade, you know, just to get that plus one willpower. You know, static line, and you have a relic control in hand. Yeah, this is definitely an Ursula card for sure. Both of them. I mean, they're both good. I mean, if you, that's a good avenue to upgrade. So I, I do like them both. Those are really, really good. Uh, let's see here. Glimpse the Unthinkable. This is an event... So we, our cards are getting, our pool base is getting bigger and bigger. And I just want to make sure I'm not hitting the same one. See if there's any upgraded or downgraded ones. There is. Okay, good. So Glimpse the Unthinkable. There is one that did come out of Circle Undone set. It is a 5 XP one cost event. Whereas our downgraded one, it's still an XP one. So this is a zero cost event for one XP. So difference there. The 5 XP one has three uh, intelligence to pitch. Wow, that's a lot. Man, that's pretty sweet. And then the downgrade one, still pretty, it still holds in its own right. It's two for the intelligence for a skill check. Um, the upgraded one for five is shuffle any number of non-weakness cards from your hand into your deck, then draw until you reach your maximum hand size. Remove it from the game. So this one here, instead, you get to draw one card and then shuffle any number of non-weakness cards in your hand into your deck. And then you draw that many cards. Huh. So, I'm like looking at the two. You get to shuffle any number of non-weakness cards from your hand into your deck and then draw up to your hand size. Until you reach your maximum hand size. 
The other one is you draw a card and then shuffle any number of non-weakness cards from your hand into your deck and then draw that many cards. Okay. I get it now. So this one just flats out. The The big one just lets you just get rid of your hand and then drop to your full amount. That one is just restricting. You might not hit your maximum amount, but if you have four cards in hand and you drew a card and you have five, then you get rid of four. You can only draw that many back. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Uh, I have not run the first one for Glimpsing Unthinkable, and I doubt I'm going to run this one as well. I mean, it's cool and all. If you got, if you're having problems with your hand, you are, you don't have the answers, but it's still going to take an action to do it. Uh, this is never. This card's never really on my radar. It really isn't. And then even with the downgraded one. Uh, I still don't see me running it because I think there'll be other options for me to do other than that. Because it, it feels to me like if you need to draw a card and shuffle any of those back and you got to get that many cards back, there's something wrong with your deck. I, I call it like, you know, Magic the Gathering Days where you get mana screwed and stuff like that. But that's, yeah. I'm very lukewarm. Yeah. It's just something I don't do. Esoteric Atlas. Alright, so this artwork looks a little familiar to me. Yes, there is. Okay. This one is also not a downgrade, it's an upgrade. Not by much. So the one that we did get, again, came from Circle Undone. Esoteric Atlas from Circle Undone was a three-cost asset for one XP. And you could pitch it for plus one agility. It's an item and tome. And it takes a hand slot. The upgraded one, this one here, is two XPs put it in. Cost is still the same. Still takes a hand slot. But it adds plus one willpower to the agility for skill tests. Both of them is item and tome related. Both of them has secrets, and they're both the same at four. So the one XP one, you can spend an action and spend a secret to exhaust it. And then choose a revealed location that is exactly two connections away from your location, then you get to move to that location. This one here is, for the 2 XP one, is a spend a secret, but you don't exhaust it. That's a big difference there. And But you spend an action still. And then you choose a real location up to three locations away from your location. So it's not exactly two. It can be up to three locations away from your location, then move to that location. This, uh, I like that one better than the other one because two connections is always a little funky. Now it actually opens up to three, so I, I do like that. I mean, but we have shortcut in play and everything else like that. I mean, but I know that's a one-time deal, so you're going to get like four uses. Man, if you need to go somewhere in a hurry, I mean, that's good. I mean, it really is. I, I do. Uh, this one is definitely a, a step better than the first one. Because you can use it more than once in a turn if you, if you really need to hop around. And it's a big board state. And you move, yeah. Uh, I I would prefer this one over the one XP one. Absolutely for sure. Because one, it's a one-time use, you know, once a turn. Because you have to exhaust it. And you can't use it again. And it has to be exactly a two. This one here is, you can do up to three locations. You can do one, two, or three connections away. Like that's better. This is a better card. I'd rather throw the first one out. I hated this one because I, I feel like I can use this one a little bit more. <laughs> that's good. I like this. That's a definitely a better upgraded card. Uh, let's see, what do we got now? I've got a plan. Uh, don't we all? Don't we all got a plan? Don't we all got a plan? Alright, so this is one of our few fighty cards that uses intelligence. We did get one from the Dunwich Cycle. Uh, it's a three-cost event. And... Uh, it was Insight and Tactic Traded. It's Fight, and this attack allows you to use Intelligence, and you get plus one damage for this attack for each clue you have. So, make sure you have three clues in hand, ready to use, so you can get three points of damage. That's what that was. And, that was one of the few times you can actually really fight stuff out without splashing other cards to get weapons. This one here, for the upgraded one, is a two-cost event, so it jumped down one, but two XPs to put it in. You can pitch it for plus two intelligence and plus one strength for a skill check. It's still fight to base. This attack uses, obviously, 
intelligence instead of the strength. You get plus two for this test. You deal plus one damage for this tech for each clue you have. All right, so what it is, you're spending two XPs to drop the cost down by one and getting a plus two to the attack. But you still are held to the clues. So you want to make sure to get maximum value out of it. You got to get three clues to, to really hit something. You get that plus three for doing four points of damage. Yeah, I mean, uh, I like the upgrade. I mean, makes sense. It almost feels like, you know, it's, it's like the same approach where they were using with shriveling, where it's like this one, you get plus one willpower. This one's two. This one's three. I mean, same vein, just a little cheaper. Yeah, that's a good upgrade. I like that. That's a good upgrade, too. Mind over matter. This one is also an upgrade. So the original came out of the core set. It was fast, and you can play only during your turn. Until the end of round, you may use intelligence in place of your strength and agility. And you can pitch it for strength and agility for this event. The upgraded one is two XPs. It's a one-cost event, so no change there. It does add a wild pip for skill checks. So you get everything just like previous from the, the, the basic, and now you get a wild pip. Uh, and then everything else is really the same, except one addition. You get the draw card. How do you feel putting two XPs into it, getting that wild pip, and drawing a card? Eh. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, feels like I, I wouldn't upgrade this one right off the rip either. Yeah. You're paying the cost for two XPs to just get that wild pip and draw a card. Everything else is the same. Well, yeah, it's okay. That's okay. Uh, seeking answers. Now I gotta flip around the book again. Yes, yes, there is a normal one. So this one also came out of Dunwich. Seeking answers from the Dunwich card. It was a no cost or no XPs, one cost event. You pitch for plus one intelligence and plus one agility. Insight. Investigate. If you succeed, instead of discovering a clue your location, discover a clue at the connecting location. Alright, so what's the upgraded one? Um, two XPs to put the upgraded one in. It gives you an additional agility to skill checks. Investigate. If you succeed, discover two total clues amongst your location and connecting locations. I can probably see why I would want to upgrade that card. Because you're not restricted and being tied to a connecting location. And discover two total clues. Yeah, I like that one way better than the first one, for sure. Yep. From amongst your location. Yeah, because you investigate at your location. If you want to, you can cherry pick from the, the connecting location. You can do it one there, one in your location, both at your location, or both at the other one. Yeah, I mean, almost feels like deduction. It just gives you that splash over the connecting location now for two. You just make a straight investigate where you're at. So yeah, that's a that's a quality upgrade. I like that one a lot. Perception. So this was well, back in the course set. Perception was a skill card. Two uh, XPs for this one though, instead of the zero one. So what perception did is give you a two um, intelligence, and then if you succeed, you get to draw a card. This one here, you get three intelligence. Can only again like the other one, you know, a max one committed per skill test, so you can't double, you know, hit with the perception. If this test is successful, draw one card. Two instead, if it succeeds by two or more. I mean, if you really need that perception, okay. Again, I don't see. I, I really don't. See, well, I understand why it's in this in, in this uh, class. But man, I mean, I know others can other classes could probably use this more. So I wouldn't necessarily. This is just for seekers only. I mean, for those that are kind of hard pressed and getting clues, and they can splash with seeker. I can see that as an option for sure. Alrighty, next one, uh, farsight. It is a four cost asset. Well, four XP cost asset. You could put two to bring it up. One willpower, one wild pip. For a skill check. It's ritual. It does have a spell slot. Even though it just says ritual, but it's not a spell. Hmm. Okay. 
And as a free trigger during your turn, if you have eight or more cards in hand, you get to exhaust this card and play event from your hand, paying its cost. Oh, so it makes any of your event cards fast. Hmm. Interesting. Might be beyond my scope there, but I know somebody will probably figure this out and get maximum value of this card for sure. I'm not seeing it, but I'm willing to bet someone has seen this. And if I go to ArkhamDB, I bet just someone has used this card around this for events for sure. It's going to have a hard time splashing in other classes, though, because it's a 4 XP card. But um, I see why it, it has the spell slot, though, because that, that, I bet you this can be cra crazy. If you get the right chain of events going on, this thing can be stupid crazy. I'm willing to bet. And you can put two of them down because these are not unique at all. So you can do a one-two punch. If you're willing to commit to eight XPs for this, these cards, sure. God, that's ugly artwork, though, man. Looking like just a gross, dirty bird. Ugh. Okay. Uh, this one was spoiled. Uh, Miskatonic Archaeology Funding. It is a 4 XP asset. It's permanent, so it comes out. You're only allowed to have one of these. You have two additional ally slots, which can only be used to hold Miskatonic assets, or in this case, Miskatonic allies. Forced. When you take damage or horror, no more one of that damage or horror can be assigned to a Miskatonic asset. Ooh. I get the theming. But man, isn't that what usually what your allies are supposed to do? <laughs> Soak some of that damage or horror. But they're only allowed to take one of that damage or horror assigned to a Miskatonic asset. Uh, but that's the trade-off. And you're going to get two additional ally slots. So you can play three. Three total assets. Well, one normal. But the other two can be Miskatonic. Uh, oh. You know, that forces, I feel like that's where it's going to come to bite you in the keister. Makes me wonder just just to get the um, uh, the Charisma card instead. I would probably play the Charisma over this one instead, for sure. I mean, yeah. That forced, man, that's the big takeaway. That is the biggest takeaway from that, man. Because what happens if you get punked by Big Baddy? Nope, oh, sorry, you can only get one. Everything else is going to carry over to you, unless you have another ally that's not Miskatonic, and it's just your normal one that you can spill it over. <sighs> yeah. I would rather have Curiosity. Because that starts out in play permanent, too, and I think it's one less XP. I think it's three. So, and it gives you another additional ally slot. Uh, that's a bummer. You know what else is a bummer? It's the Necronomicon Petrius D. Dacia translation. All right, five XPs, three cost assets. You can throw this card out for a skill check. They'll give you a five investigate. Woo! -hoo. That whole row on the left-hand side of this card is lit up. It's a one-handed tome. It is an item. It has six secrets on it. You can only have one of these in your deck. They only give you one. There is no two, just the one. And these all have free triggers. Spend, uh, there's four of them. So spend a secret, you get... To use, uh, you get plus two skill value for the skill test. You spend two secrets, draw two cards. You spend three secrets, discover one clue in any location. You spend four secrets, deal three damage to an enemy engaged with you. I'm willing to bet the last one a lot of people are going to use, for sure. For sure. The other avenue, just to maximize out on it, you can do the three secrets twice to discover a clue in any location. You know, so... It doesn't exhaust, and I understand why it's five, man, because you can rapid-fire that stuff real quick. You lay that thing down, and then two clues for free, right off the top. Or just spend it all and draw six cards. Or you can just do one here, one there, to get a plus two skill value for this skill test. This is a very toolboxy card. It does a little bit of everything. And I don't mind that at all because each scenario might be different or, you know, certain instances might come up where one of these things might come in play. I don't think it's a bad upgrade. I think this would definitely be a daisy card for sure. Um, it, it just promises when you run out and you get rid of the six secrets. But if you can pick that tome back up from your hand, with, if, you, if you use the library docent, so I'm already seeing a little bit of a combo there, then play it again. I mean, 
down the line, assuming you have another tome in hand that you can swap out for. Because once this thing's done, it's done. Maybe it's good though if you had to get hit with crypto and stuff like that. And there's no secrets left. I mean, that's one way of getting rid of an asset. But you're definitely going to want to try to find some way of picking this back up after the secrets are spent and then laying it back down for sure. And that's what I would do with it. Um, I would try to find some way to do that. So this might come into play very much. So I think Daisy got a little bit of a little boost just with this card alone. So I do like it. I really do. I mean, you just got to find a really bring this thing home is the, if you can use it once or twice. Well, definitely once, but you want to use it twice. I think this is where it's really going to help out a lot. The Necronomicon. Now we got the, oh God, I'm going to butcher this name. Salaino Fragments. The Book of Books. It's a one cost asset. No XP's. You can throw out for a plus one intelligence. Uh, item tome. It's another tome. And we'll, oh, this is unique, by the way. You can't low. You can't throw out two of these bad boys. It's just one. So while you have five or more cards in hand, you get a plus one intelligence. Ten or more cards in hand, you get plus one willpower. And then fifteen more cards in hand, you get another plus one intelligence. That last one, I think, is going to be a little bit of an overkill. Does Harvey really need that? Uh, it's, uh, no. I think you, where you're going to stop is at ten, so you can get that one plus one willpower for sure. Um, yeah, 15, I think it's a bit excessive, especially because you're looking at Harvey with his ability in line. I think that's a little bit of an overkill. I could be wrong, but that's, that's the Fragments book. And then our last bit is, you know how the Seekers love to have untranslated things and tomes and books and relics and everything else like that? dream diaries and well we got another one of these instances we have a forbidden tome it's untranslated oh what do we got to do to untranslate this thing well i'm gonna tell you well first you got to put this in your deck it's a one cost asset no xps you can throw it away for a wild pip for a skill check item relic tome does take a hand slot it has five secrets on it and that's a lot because that means i'm gonna have to do something with those five secrets and remove all this stuff and sure enough Spend an action, exhaust Forbidden Tome, and spend one secret. Then you draw a card. Woo! If you have ten or more cards in hand, and there are no secrets on Forbidden Tome, you may discard it to record it in your campaign log that you have translated the tome. Well, just like, you know, the Archaic Glyphs, the Dream Diary. What's the other one? Where's the Crazy Stone? Oh. Or is that just it? Are those the only two that actually did that? No, there's got to be something else in there that you had to translate something. Really? Why do I think there was more? I'm like looking at this binder here and I'm not seeing it. Oh, uh, Strange Solution. Yeah, Strange Solutions. Strange Solutions, Archaic Glyph, Stream Dark. Yeah, I knew there was one. Okay. So, Forbidden Tome. There are two different types. You have one with this Dark Knowledge and then you have one with the Secrets Revealed. Let's look at the Dark Knowledge. It's uh, three XP's, one to put out. Uh, Pip-wise, one wild pip, uh, plus one strength, plus one willpower. Does take a hand slot. It is item, relic, tome. can only include this by upgrading the forbidden tome untranslated, and only if you translate the tome in your campaign log. To use this card, four actions. Uh, this is going to be kind of hard, because you're only allowed three. Unless you got Leo DeLuca out, and yes, you could have four. Exhaust Forbidden Tome. Move one damage from a player card at your location to an enemy at your location. Reduce the ability's cost by one action for every four cards in your hand. Awesome. I don't know. This one probably is going to be one where you're going to have to build a man, big hand size. And you got to have a lot of things going on to make this thing work. So you're going to It's right. If it's telling you you're going to want to have a full hand size at eight and then you're going to have to look at other cards to bump up your your maximum hand size like laboratory assistant and so on and so forth um because you, it's still going to cost you two actions just to move a damage from a player card to an enemy this is going to be a tough sell for me for sure you're going to want more than that so you're going to look at at least 12 cards that have it just be one action that's calling a lot. So you're going to need the laboratory assistant. 
Oh, what, is, what are the other ones? You're, you're definitely going to need stuff that would increase your hand slot for sure. Uh, I don't know about these. All right, next one, <laughs> Secrets Revealed. It's the same thing as before. Um, skill stats are a little different. It's plus one uh, intelligence, plus one agility, and also a wild pip. Everything else is the same. The difference is uh, four actions again. In the exhaustion, you may move to a connecting location. Discover that discover a clue at your location. You reduce the ability's cost by one action for every four cards in your hand. Is it just me or I'm just not impressed with those? I'm really not. That's like saying a lot. I mean, I know Harvey can get like a real big hand size going on for sure. But if you're playing outside of Harvey, I don't know, man. I mean, that's that's rough. Uh, I would like to say I like these, but I, I really don't. Nope, I really don't like these. Unless you're playing with Harvey. There's just commitment and there's a bunch of silliness you got to do just to upgrade these things. Uh, well, well, that landed with a dot. I thought it was going to be more impressing just by reading those, but that one wasn't, that wasn't when it hit. I think there was a... Alright, so my final thoughts on it. I think there was a lot more utility. I saw a lot more cards that were downgraded that I would play more of versus the upgraded cards for sure. Um, a lot of this deck screams like you got to have a big hand size and there's a lot of the, the cards in here that allows you to or draw cards um, and increase your hand slot. But that's really what it, it all comes down to and that's all I saw out of this. So, and I kind of can see why because if you look at like Amazon and stuff like that, Harvey 9 times out of 10 is usually available if you're willing to pay the amount for it. I didn't get it at $25. Again, I got to my local gaming shop for you know normal price. But Harvey always seems to be sticking around on Amazon. There's always Cho or Stella Clark that uh, seems to be going because I guess there's more, more value out of those cards than I would say Harvey. But, again, prove me wrong. I'm probably wrong. I don't know. But uh, all in all, this is Harvey Walters, the old man, the professor gotta help this old guy out but all in all i still love the content I, I still like what they're doing and what better way is just to have a full pack of a class that just got immediate upgrades and there really wasn't any duplicates i think i only had two two cards there were duplicates one of them was like the uh um that intern gives you a plus two hand slot or hand size maximum but that'll do it for Harvey. Thanks for listening, guys. That's my first views and thoughts on good old Harvey Whoppers. Whoppers. <laughs> Harvey Walters. I will talk to you again later. Thanks.